I'm Sarah. And I'm Tyler, and we're from the Calendar Public Library. We want to learn more about the amazing people and organizations that make Calendar unique. We're curious about Calendar. Listen for interviews with local authors, artists, organizations, and experts on amazing things. Today I'm chatting with Ashley Bilodeau, Senior Municipal Director of the Municipality of Calendar. Ashley has been with the municipality since 2020, joining the staff during COVID. Throughout her career, she has worked in municipal services for over 10 years with a variety of interests in how a municipality functions. I've been able to spend some time in the municipal office over the past couple of years, and I've been able to see a bit of what the amazing staff there accomplish and Ashley's infectious enthusiasm for our town. I was curious to learn more about her role as municipal director and what that actually looks like in a town like Calendar. Thank you so much for um, being able to chat with me a little bit. All good. I'm excited. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hoping that it'll make it um, kind of easier to understand what goes on a little bit. I don't know about you before I started like coming over to you guys every now and then I really had no idea of what a municipal <laughs> director municipal office even really did aside from just, you know, yeah. keeping track of everything. So I'm hoping that that'll make it easier for a lot of people to understand. All right. So did you, would you like to start off by introducing yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Ashley Billita. My maiden name is Gravel. So I am born and raised in North Bay. Uh, I have my mother and father live here in Calendar and my sister lives in Calendar. They, um, so yeah, very excited to be here. Happy to have moved back home. Um, I have lots of municipal experience. I actually started in the city of North Bay as a student planner and uh, worked my way through I did my undergrad at Laurentian and my master's in urban planning at Queen's and then uh, made my way to Muskoka for a year, back to City of North Bay for a little bit and then eventually uh, found home in Kirkland Lake for about 10 years. So I was the manager of planning and land development and then later moved into a director role for development services and uh, that was since 2017 and then yeah landed here in 2020 and currently trying to undertake my master's in uh, public administration. So learning more and more about what I am supposed to be doing. Right. That's kind of a wide um, array of different experiences you have all getting to yeah. this place. Where, mm -hmm. how did that start? What first got you interested in working like this? So it's a really funny story. I actually remember in like grade 10 and 11, do you remember SimCity, the game SimCity? Oh City, yeah. Where you could like build your own city. Mm -hmm. So I, I played that endlessly, like all the time. <laughs> I, I played it, yes, yeah, steady. Was just thought this was the coolest thing ever. I also designed pretty awesome amusement parks. Uh, <laughs> the amusement park one. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I remember being in, I think it was my third year of university. I had no idea what planning was. Didn't realize that that was a career. I, I loved geography. Um, so I actually did a lot, of, um, a lot of courses in geography, which eventually led to planning. And I think it was my first course. I had a planning course at Laurentian and there was a planner that was teaching the course and he handed me a zoning bylaw, which is essentially like the rules of what you can do on your property and where growth is going to happen. And the fact that you could build commercially here and residentially here. And my eyes just, I don't know, most people would think that's so dorky, but for me, it was like, <laughs> oh my God, how do I do this for a living? So uh, I ended up reaching out to him after class and he helped me kind of steer a plan at that point uh, there there are undergraduate programs in planning that I could have taken but I didn't know it existed until I was in third year so uh, instead of going ahead and trying to change my majors we just had the, the thought process of, of getting a master's degree in it so 
kind of lined me up to apply to a few universities and I was, yeah, accepted to them all, but decided to go to Queens because I felt it matched what I wanted to do. So two years there and um, yeah, I'm, I still love planning. I still love, um, I think it's the challenge of uh, you're always learning because there's always different scenarios that make it a little bit more complicated to interpret. And then you have to try and, you know, follow the legislation, the provincial policy, the, the strat plans that the municipality puts in place to try and make sure that you're really trying to push that vision that council wants to accomplish. And I feel like planning really is the, the thing that sets um, what your municipality is going to look like in 20 years. Without it, you wouldn't have that, right? So mm-hmm. it's the, the cornerstone of division. So Right. So is this yeah. sort of, was this your end goal then, being senior municipal di- no. director? No, it just <laughs> it happened? It happened. I think it was just more or less, uh, I could see that with planning, you could put the plan in place, but then without having everyone else on board, you're really not going to be successful. So the more I, uh, you know, the higher you got in the role, the more you realize the challenges and the other aspects of municipal government that come into play. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really felt that the only way I'm going to be able to successfully make change the way I want to was to be in charge. So that sort of became (laughs) the end goal, I think about two, three years ago. It was like, you know what? No, I I think I need to, if I really want to see change happen, I'm going to have to be in that top overseeing role so I can make sure all the pieces are flowing together to make that perfect puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because as a director of just planning and you're constantly looking at just that vision, you have, you know, other things that are happening over here that you can't, you can't control. And you're like, but that's not part of what I'm trying to push. And mm-hmm. you have the vision at the top and you're thinking, okay, everybody's got to be on the same page. Uh, you can control it a lot better in my mind than in the director's role. So, right. So does it feel like you're able to do that a little bit to try and put the pieces together a little better? Specifically in calendar, yes, I think that there's there's a lot of a there's there's a kind of a clean slate associated with calendar. There's there's so much opportunity here. There's so much potential that you know when the position came up. I think I had heard that the position it came up back in I think it was July of that year, and I didn't actually get hired on until December. So I started watching council meetings, started you know <laughs> looking at what the opportunities were uh, for calendar back in July because I was just so excited about it. Uh, you see lots of people wanting to move here. You have Osprey that's being built up. You have developers anxiously awaiting uh, to get started this uh, this spring too. Um, I think it's the the idea that hop on and let's go. Let's try to get this um, this pushed through and and start to see things that will just you know make calendar that much more sought after as mm-hmm. well. So it's not only just making the residents today happy, but also building something that other people want to see as well. So right. So what does, to someone who doesn't know what you do, what does sort of a day in your job look like? What are some of your roles and responsibilities? So my school would tell me (laughs) the proper definition (laughs) of a CAO. It's actually in the uh, CAO position is actually defined under the Municipal Act. And it's essentially the administration, the head of the administrative role in a municipal government. So typically it's, it's managing it, it involves managing up, down, and out, which is what I've been told to tell everybody about uh, the CAO role. You manage up because you have to, um, you know, you have to make sure that council has the proper information to make the right decisions and uh, help them with um, the administrative rules and regulations that are imposed by the province and the federal government and the plans that they've already passed that you have to try to be consistent with. And we're really my role comes in is making sure that all the people that are um, directors are 
are all following their own plans, bringing that information to me, and then I'm dispersing that information to council as a whole. So I, there are municipalities that don't have a CAO. You don't have to have a CAO. In, our, in my circumstance, they've called me the senior municipal director, recognizing that I'm not only just being that middle person that things get through, I'm also working a lot on other things. So because of my planning background, I'm bringing that expertise as well to the role. So it's essentially like a, a working CAO role versus just a leadership CAO role. Right. I also am very responsible for maintaining relationships with external stakeholders. So um, making sure that, you know, the, the relationships with the North Bay Ottawa Conservation Authority are there and the DSAB and our, you know, we've got East Home and all of these, the old age, old age homes that you have to worry about as well. Um, partnerships with municipalities, like we're very close with Nipissing and East Ferris and Bonfield and, and making sure that we're all aligning that way as well and bouncing ideas off of them. So yeah, it's, it's just a managed they say up for council, down for the staff, and then out for external stakeholders. Oh, so just like every direction. Just then. do, just, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what does like um, a snapshot of your day look like? Are you spending a lot of time sort of talking to all of these different pieces and trying to pull them together? Yeah, I'd say the majority of my day is just meetings. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I always... I, I do the majority of my written work in the morning before I even show up to work. I'm up at 4.35 every morning. I work till about seven and get the kids up and then I bring them to school and then I get here. And I typically, if the day is not already booked full of meetings, it will be by the time I get to work. Um, it's little things that just pop up and then I'm on the phone with, you know, the mayor or I'm on the phone with a counselor or staff have had an issue and they need to, to raise it. You know, we get, we get notified of something that, big that happens that pulls me away, such as the, the contract with the city of North Bay Police, like something like mm -hmm. that would take a lot of consultation as you could probably imagine, so. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you enjoy most about your job? What's your favorite part? <laughs> the forward thinking, the, the, the potential of what calendar can be, the, the image of what it'll look like in 20 years if I can have my way. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I see so much potential here. I really do. And it's just, you know, there's little tidbits of things that have happened in the last year, the wayfinding signage. I know it's not a big deal, but to me, it's like, oh my gosh, look at that. The, the sign for things isn't crooked anymore. And it looks all <laughs> consistent, like great, great, awesome news. You know, we just had the entrance sign um, brought to council for information last night. And it's like, okay, we're going to change the image because that entrance into calendar from, Pine, uh, from Pinewood area and coming in is going to be different so it's going to change that vibe a little bit make it a little bit more modern while keeping that whole small town feel it's just it's just little things like I get such excitement off of such like small things we put a welcome sign up on the pier this mm -hmm. summer and it excited me beyond belief right <laughs> now. It's, it's just creating that feeling that that welcoming feeling that um you know people can come in off the street and, and come talk to us if there's things that they you know think would be a great idea or yeah, hearing people's different thoughts. Like I, there's so much excitement in calendar um, after speaking to a number of the business owners and just members of the public. They're just, they're so excited to see what calendar is going to look like in five years based on the plans and stuff that have been created. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's my favorite part. If I could spend all day talking about what it'll look like and write <laughs> reports on, on, you know, getting further ahead in that vision, that's, um, that's probably my favorite type of day. I work with fabulous staff. They're very, very, very productive, very 
you know, they see that vision just as much as I do. And it's, it's just so rewarding at the end of a, a day to see that everybody's striving towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. Council too has been great. Um, I really do feel like we have a very good team right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we can keep building team morale the way we are too, from our staff perspective, I think that would also be beneficial and great if we can continue to make sure that we're keeping them happy and we see them coming in work smiling every day. That would definitely make me happy. Is that why you bring in the baked goods? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the secret there is that my mom pretty much bakes half the time and she's the one that's bringing <laughs> Nice. So she's she's on board with that. Bring in the goodies. Yeah. I used, I used to have time to bake. Actually, I've been better now that I have my kitchen finally installed, but uh, yeah, no, my mom was on baking duty for the first year. I think now it's the Christmas was a, yeah good bringing bringing baked goods then and then if I'm not capable of yeah bringing in the donuts every once in a while doesn't hurt yeah (laughs) yeah my keep the people mean a lot to me so I want to make sure they're happy yeah Mm -hmm. what do you think people would be the most surprised about that you do in your position maybe they wouldn't expect that that's a responsibility of yours oh my gosh or even Um, something that needs thinking about um they probably would be surprised to hear that I do a lot of report writing and a lot of like the funding applications. That's typically me with the help of my staff, but there's a lot more. Um, I'm not just in a, this role as a leader. It's not, it's not just a leadership role. And I think that kind of comes as a shock when people hear CAOs, they're essentially the ones that they don't necessarily write a lot. They just review and make sure it's good and be that people person and around the office and just make sure that relationships are good and upheld and mm-hmm. they're, you know, fact checking to make sure things are, are done right. But there's a lot more hands-on, I think that goes on in my role than in most larger municipalities. I think that's just typical in small, uh, smaller municipalities. If you play a little bit more of a hands-on role. So mm-hmm. expectation, I think in a smaller municipality is a lot different than in a bigger role. So a resident who's upset about something may decide, you know, like they, they, they're, they're upset. They come into the office. I want to talk to the CAO. Well, you wouldn't demand that if you were a CAO in North Bay. Like, it's very odd that you would go to the CAO in North Bay for something that's happening on a neighbor-to-neighbor dispute. But I also get pulled into those. And, and a lot of the conversations I've had end up leading to the point where I have to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's probably, I would say, people probably wouldn't expect me to, to be talking to just about everybody. But mm-hmm. it, it does happen. And it's okay. I'm happy to do that. I, I love, I love chatting with people. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the job too. So <laughs> well, that's getting good. public input, getting public input and feedback. And yeah, I, okay. I do appreciate that for sure. Well, while we're talking about that, then if people wanted to share information or input or anything like that, what are, what are some of the strategies that you would recommend? Like, how can they get in touch? Well, they, yeah, they can contact the municipality at any point. I, I love um, emails. There's, there's actually a few people that have recently sent some emails in about some ideas that they had. We've recently opened up the budget table for um, public to be able to provide comment. And there wasn't very many people that provided input during that process, but it, it's relatively new. It just happened this year. Uh, but we're constantly, you know, there's constantly um, the feedback coming in. Like we've had recently had some comments come in about, um, the sidewalk between Golf Course Road and St. Teresa and how that, you know, we should probably be looking at some sort of way to get the kids safely to St. Teresa. Mm-hmm. And there's, we, we get a lot of feedback and we take it all very seriously. We take a look at it and, and the problem is that there's a lot of priorities and it is taxpayers money, right? So we have mm-hmm. to always keep that in mind. 
Um, but, you know, they could easily just send emails, they could call, they could schedule appointments to meet with the staff. Um, our, our managers are pretty open door policy. So if there's ever um, something that needs to be discussed, by all means, talk to the counselors. I mean, that's, that's always the best. Um, I would say that's probably the easiest way to go about it is if you see a counselor and you have, have some feedback, go, go talk to them. They're very approachable. Uh, they could call them on their phones. Their, their numbers are on our website. They can send them an email, sometimes you can text. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen a lot of things come about that were originally thought of by residents, which, and we can't think of it all, right? We're not going to get it right 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to, to get that feedback as well. Like, and the same thing opposite wise too, like if there's something that the municipality is doing that you maybe disagree with or don't understand, we're here to provide that clarification and reasons why too. So what does for it, feedback. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So we're up for feedback. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody's pretty wide open. What does the interaction between the different departments look like when they're trying to accomplish a goal per se? Like, you know, what, what sort of interactions occur? So our management team's good to meet every week. So we do a weekly meeting and we talk about um, any type of projects that we're currently working on that maybe impact other departments. Sometimes, uh, I'd say a lot of the time, our managers are really hard to get a hold of because they're very, very busy with their own work. So even just the weekly check-in gives us a chance to say, hey, you haven't gotten back to me on this. I need it for this day. Can you send me an email? Uh, So I'd say that weekly communication has helped in making sure that the vision is at the forefront of our thoughts when we're trying to make decisions. Uh, We also have week or monthly meetings uh, monthly meetings with staff so that staff are constantly being made aware of what's being decided at the council table, uh, what the vision is, and you know, how we're trying to move ahead. Uh, lots of congratulations to our ops team this year that, you know, you could see it on the ground that Centennial Park's never looked more beautiful. The grass was constantly cut, the, the plants were out, we had, uh, we had the hanging planters as well that were installed this year. So, you know, that's all part of that overarching vision. And without having that, me talking to the department heads and the department heads then bringing that information to um, the staff to make sure it gets implemented, it would never happen. And all of that, like, it's not to say that I'm coming up with this vision. I have my visions. They Mm -hmm. align with council, thankfully, because otherwise we'd probably have a big headache. But (laughs) council has made that vision. They have, and they've they've been working on it for so long. So now it's just, okay, you want this, here's how you can do it with all of the tools that are afforded to you by the provincial government uh, in order to make it happen. So I think that's what we're trying to work on right now. Last year was more of a learning curve year. This year is an implementation year. So it's, we had the property or the community standards by lot council last night. Uh, There is going to be positive and negative feedback on it. And that is great. I will take it all. Uh, We have the property standards bylaw coming at the next meeting, which again will be some people will be happy, some people will be sad. But what I'm trying to do is, if you say you want a picturesque community, if you want a community that looks beautiful, then you have an ability to pass bylaws that keep it beautiful, like mm-hmm. making sure that garbage is placed in a certain way that's not going to make your front yard look like a junkyard. Like <laughs> right. there's, so there's, there's elements of control. Um, and then with everything, it's council also wants to make sure that if we're we have enforcement, it's being done from an education standpoint first. So it's not a matter of going full throttle and throwing a bunch of tickets around. It's, hey, did you know we have this bylaw that regulates this? And, you know, it's, it is currently out of compliance. Can we maybe try to 
do it this way instead, or do you, this is what we're trying to accomplish. I want you to be part of the team and part of that vision. So can you just put it over here? Uh, it's just, it's just the way it should be done in small towns, in my opinion. Like it mm -hmm. usually what ends up happening is you, is you know, the people you're ticketing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably true. <laughs> yeah. So it makes, it's, I mean, it's a lot more challenging than a bigger city, but it's, that's the part that I love about it. It's that the relationships that get built, the, the camaraderie that comes with, um, with developing a municipality and um, trying to accomplish those goals. Everybody has to be part of it, right? And if they're, if they're not on board, you're never going to get there. So can you speak a little bit more about sort of the structure of the municipality and council and like what that relationship looks like? Because I think most of the average person, I think, like myself included, that's yeah. definitely a muddy concept. Sure. So we have five, uh, five, five individuals in council. We have the mayor and then four councillors. Uh, contrary to belief, the mayor does not have any more control than any of the other councillors. <laughs> he's, he's just the representative of the municipality. So uh, unfortunately, Mayor Noon cannot make decisions that supersede what's been discussed at the council table. Uh, that's always sort of um, a shocking thing in Canada because when you watch media, typically you have um, the strong mayor um, syndrome from our southern Ontario, our southern neighbors, right from the U.S., mm -hmm. where they have a lot more power and they have an ability to make decisions without council. So it's it is different. Um, all decisions that get brought to council have to be voted on and made by council, unless we've been delegated authority to do the make those decisions on their behalf. So there's very little right now that has been delegated authority. So you see a lot of things going to council for decision making. So then what ends up happening is council essentially is is technically only spoke to, supposed to speak to me. And then I then take what they're asking for, their direction to get the staff to accomplish that goal. So it's sort of like a, I don't even call that like a one window, you, you talk here, it's funneled through to the staff mm -hmm. so that there's no miscommunication happening and you don't have, um, it gets a little tricky if you have like a counselor who's then talking to your manager um, and then you're not involved and then they could take that as a direction and they start doing something, but then they didn't get permission from all of council. It's only one counselor. So it gets messy and I'm happy to say we don't have that problem. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, once it hits my level and we get staff to do whatever it is that they've asked us to do, I typically will involve the managers that are necessary. So we have a treasurer who manages the financial aspects of projects and our everything financial uh we have our clerk who is essentially responsible she does a lot more than this but she's essentially responsible for keeping council and myself in check at council meetings to make sure that we're <laughs> following procedure and she'll she'll probably keep me for saying that because she does a lot more than that but uh, the clerk role is is specifically to um assist council and um making sure they're following the proper process according to the policies and the procedures that they've established so um, she also manages um, our planning administrator and our administrative assistant and our intern right now. So she's really, really focused on getting our uh, recreation master plan completed and um, yeah, a whole bunch of other things. I won't get into detail. <laughs> then we have our manager of operations who then has two supervisors, has a um, supervisor of roads and a supervisor of parks and facilities. And they have staff underneath them, equipment operators and facility operators that um, that make sure our grass is cut, our roads are plowed, our sidewalks are clean, our facilities are beautiful, um, our rinks are attended to, um, 
yeah, they, they, they make, they, they are probably, I, I do feel bad for them because they're the most, I find the most vis, um, visible people in the municipality. So they, they do get a lot, a lot of um, communication with our residents, which is great, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, they, they're, they're out there and they're the ones that are being looked at the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have our fire chief who then manages our chief building official and our, um, our bylaw enforcement. Um, so yeah, it's a volunteer fire department. So, and they, they do a great job. Yeah, it's, I think there's maybe 21 or 22 full-time staff. And then I think there's seven part-time, I believe. That's including the library, I believe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not a big workforce. Um, everybody multitasks. Um, in a bigger center, you might just have a clerk that worries about a clerk role with the deputy clerk to assist with the clerk role. <laughs> um, our clerk is doing a whole bunch more than that. Mm-hmm. in the same boat. Our manager, Bob, says, you know, you could he also manages our Clean Water Agency, the Aqua Clean Ontario Clean Water Agency, to make sure that all the water and sewage treatment plants are working well. So it's, I mean, you know, you would normally have one person that oversees that. Mm-hmm. He's got that plus facilities plus roads plus. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a lot of. Um, I think working for a small municipality, there's a lot of um, pulling in a million different directions, and you kind of have to just go with the flow um, and be okay with it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's very challenging but yeah it can yeah be. in a small town everybody's multitasking to yeah. do their jobs hey yeah and you can plan your day but there's a good chance <laughs> you'll never get through the entire list <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds about right <laughs> yeah. so just as like a general question what does sort of the procedure to make changes in the municipality look like like if someone had an idea um, and say that it was something that was you know feasible coming from like a singular person or does it have to come from an organization like how do those you know how does the starts of things happen so a single person can certainly come to council to request a change um typically if the change is already kind of within the vision of where the municipality is going uh, it can be supported by staff uh what usually it comes down to is the tax dollars that needs to be expensed with the idea mm-hmm. that needs to get approved by council. So it, it really depends on when they're coming to the table. It, it, one single person can certainly come to the council and say, this needs to change. I, you know, this, this is why uh, typically what happens is council will then uh, defer the matter to staff to write a report on, you know, whether or not it is a good or bad idea. How much does, do we think it's going to cost? What's, you know, if we increase the service deliveries for how long, um, do we need to hire more people in order to implement it? Um, so yeah, it, ideas can be generated at any point. You can make a delegation at council. If you want council to hear it, you can go see a counselor who can then bring it up at the table. You can come see staff. And if we think it's a great idea and we're implementing, we'll bring it to council and implement it, or we'll talk to a counselor about whether or not they want to support that and bring a motion forward at the council table. So there's plenty of ways to get something started. Um, we've had a ton of public meetings. Like I, I spent my first, I think five or six months just reviewing the plans and the first, like the plans and the strategies that have been created in the calendar. There are so many great ideas and so many people that took part in, in developing those ideas, uh, public meetings that happened while strat plans were being developed, uh, information sessions for the revitalization plans. 
So there has been a lot of public input that created those things. The problem mm-hmm. right now is that we've cha- we've been challenged with is that the implementation hasn't really happened. So you haven't really seen many of those changes actually take place on street. So mm-hmm. that's where hopefully this year we're going to see lots of progress. Pressing. Yes. Yes. It mm-hmm. sounds like there's a lot of plans somewhere within the works. Like they're all somewhere oh, yeah. throughout the, the process that there's a lot going on right now. Yep. Yeah, we've got tons. I mean, and the, the funding applications, we've, we've applied just the last meeting, if anybody wanted to take a look at it, we had a funding update that kind of highlighted all of the applications that were submitted uh, just in the last six months and their status. It's just, we've applied, I mean, there's community revitalization, but there's there's a ton of them. Like we, <laughs> if there's money available, if it's in line with our vision, we're essentially applying to try and, and spearhead some of these plans because it's mm-hmm. obviously better to do with some financial aid. So. Mm-hmm. We'll keep doing that. But yeah, I honestly do think we're going to see some progressive changes happen this year. Um, uh, just even just looking at what's going to happen with that playground at Centennial, right? So mm-hmm. sort yeah. of right at the forefront of what everybody sees when they come into calendar too. So it's a really fantastic place to start launching all of those changes. Yeah, I think it'll be it. I think it'll be positive. I think it'll be well received. I know my two girls are absolutely ex- so excited to be part of the process. And <laughs> we actually went out to a few of the schools to get some ideas. And that was just the most wonderful thing. So the drawings that came back from the kids on, on their ideas and what it should look like were absolutely adorable. They were just so wonderful. Um, so it was fun to get them to be part of it too, right? So they could, mm-hmm. you know, they'll look at that and say, hey, I, I, I drew a picture of what I wanted it to look like. <laughs> There you yeah. go. There's your template. That's what you need. Yeah. <laughs> there were some great ideas, like slides that went onto the water and it was bouncy castles in the water. You know, maybe one day, hopefully. Yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. So when you're sort of starting to um, plan out projects and things like this, I know if people are interested in looking at the budget, like nitty gritty, that that's available for them. But just as a general overview, like if people are unaware of sort of how projects like these get funded, like where does that money come from, like from all these different places? Yeah, so there's, um, as a municipality, you get funding sources from various places. And thankfully, I just took a finance course, so I know what I'm talking <laughs> about now. Uh, and, and Louise is fantastic. Our treasurer is fantastic in explaining this too. So um, certainly, if there's more questions that are more detailed that I'm able to provide, I would direct you there. Um, but yeah, the we get money from the federal government through gas tax. So we, we do get funds from there. I think this, I can't even remember how much we got this year. Budget was already a month away from now, so I don't have it all fresh in my head anymore. Um, but yeah, we get gas tax. We get um, OSIF formula-based funding from the government, of the, the provincial government. Um, we obviously have our taxes that come in. We have user fees that come in based on different things that you do, either planning applications, building permits, development charges, all of that money comes in and funnels it and subsidizes the tax base. Uh, we have, I'm going to provide some, and then we apply for funding. So there's also funded projects that just get, we apply for specific projects and we're capable of getting funding for those if they qualify and they, they award us the funds. Uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of different ways to mm-hmm. get money. I would say that the, the brunt of it is from your tax base. Um, and what ends up happening in calendar calendars done a really good job at, at building their reserves. So we have, uh, we have funds and reserves and they're dedicated to specific projects that, uh, we keep tucking away money every year in hopes that we can collect enough to then use and, and expense, right? So we have a reserve set up for the community, have with the library, we have a reserve set up for 
renovations to Bill Barber. We have a reserve set up for infrastructure projects and the general working funds reserve if you ever get into trouble. And we've got there's a whole bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also use, if you know, you could also use debt in order to pay for things. So uh, we currently have debt with our lagoons. So um, the in order to do big projects like that, sometimes it makes sense to go into debt over because what ha- happens is if you if you pay for everything, let's say the the we have a facility for ops and fire that's being considered. It's like if we say, okay, we're gonna that needs to be built this year, it wouldn't really be fair to our taxpayers that have saved all of their money to this point to have to spend it on something that future residents are going to benefit, right? Right. So they'll make the argument that if you go into debt, it's the future uh, residents that's paying for that service and they're they're benefiting from that service. So there are arguments to say that there's good debt um, and it's being charged to the right person. Right. Um, so yeah, the, there, there is the ability to go into debt if necessary on some of these projects as well. We don't typically encourage mm-hmm. it, but I imagine there will be a point where that will be explored. So if some help. Yeah. Yes, I think so. I think it's just, it's interesting how it comes from so many different places. Cause I think, um, at least for myself, before I really thought of it, I just sort of like, yeah, government somehow, somehow government funded and tax funded, (laughs) obviously, but beyond that, um, I don't think we really think about it very much. It's sort of one of the, the things about your position is that you're working so much behind the scenes to keep everything running that you it's um unless you're very into municipal government <laughs> lots of people yeah. don't know that right so no it's and it's it, you know I, there's so many times where you don't and you don't even I don't appreciate how much knowledge I have in municipal government because <laughs> there are people that will ask me questions like how do you not know that like <laughs> it's so general knowledge for me that I don't realize the asset that it's become mm-hmm. um, like I have I have family and it's you know they'll they'll say well, I don't understand why I'm being taxed like this it's like well it's because of da 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 and it, it all like yeah I've got a lot of a lot of experience in it though in order to build that up and mm-hmm. um everything is explainable so if there are questions out there and there are no stupid questions because I once asked the very same question so it's mm-hmm. it's just a matter of not hesitating if there's a question that needs clarification to go ahead and ask mm-hmm. it's um yeah Municipal world is a different beast for sure. There's, I think it's it's more legislated than anything that I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. Um, not only it's just it's it there's there's federal regulations, there's the provincial regulations, there's the you know regulations associated with COVID that can constantly change, and they're constantly having to navigate. And the majority of them are built for private sector, not public sector. And it's where do we fit? And mm-hmm. A lot of um, a lot of deciphering, and then hoping that you have it right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and we're bound to make mistakes for human, right? So there's, I think that is something too. That if I had to say from a public standpoint, like, it, we're we are human. We are going to make mistakes. We're not always going to get it right. So, um, the idea that we we know exactly what we're talking about is probably not. <laughs> we're trying the best we can. I think that's what everybody has to remember. Yes. Yes. So if someone was interested in pursuing um, a, a career like yours, where where would they start? What do you think would be a good path? Because you kind of went all over the place to get to where you are. Yeah. And I, and I never really thought I'd end up being in this. It's not somewhere I ever thought I'd be. I thought I'd live and die a planner. I really did. Um, and I, yeah, the, I think if you're, if you're young and you're, you're in high school and you're thinking that this may be a, a good path to go, like I remember taking civics class and I, I, I absolutely just, 
I hated civics class. <laughs> it's not a good example of what I do on a day to day at all. Um, but yeah, the I mean, if you're interested at that age, there's so many opportunities that are available. You can do internships and co-ops and, you know, go explore in a municipal setting versus provincial. I'm sure I have never worked for the province, but I imagine it'd be very different than a municipal. Um, the, there are public administration undergraduate courses that you could take. There's, um, there's college administrative courses that you can take. And then there's associations that uh, municipalities work with, like the Association of Municipalities of Ontario or the Association of Clerk Treasurers for Municipalities of Ontario that all offer training. So um, typically when you are employed with a municipality, uh, if you don't already have that municipal administration program designation, it, it is usually good practice to offer that to the staff so that they can get a really good idea of what the, the, the municipal, I guess, administration life is like. Um, you can understand, you know, the basics of the Municipal Act and all the other various acts that come into play that sort of guide you into what are right and wrong decisions from a, a legal perspective, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's um, there's lots of opportunities there. Like, even if you're later in your career, there's still that opportunity. There's still that opportunity to come into the municipal sector. I always say that municipal employees, um, they, they typically don't come into the municipal world for money. It's because you see yourself <laughs> as wanting to really to help the community grow in a way and, and be there for the residents that need something. Um, it's a very, sometimes it's a, a thankless job, but mm -hmm. the rewards are so great when you see progress and you see success and you see somebody go, go home that night and, and understand it a little bit better or, you know, get that shed permit that they've wanted to <laughs> build their, whatever it is that they're like, it's, there's something rewarding about helping people mm -hmm. um, that is way beyond money. So that's, I think that's the people that the municipal world attracts. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's rewarding to see them be yeah, moving forward with their projects, I guess. Mm -hmm. If someone in the municipality wants to be more involved or more um, aware of what's going on, what, what should they do? What are some great strategies for that? They should apply to be on a committee. <laughs> what does that mean? Committees here at the municipality of Calendar, and there's some like in every municipality. So if you're in other jurisdictions, you can also go see, um, go talk to the clerk or talk to staff about volunteering your time to be on a committee. I know our um, recreational recreation committee or our recreation group um, actively recruits volunteers as well. So they they're the ones that would put on your fun fest and all of the um, the more social events that happen here in Calendar. Um, we also have like if you're interested in planning, I mean. <laughs> There's the committee of adjustment, which essentially grants approval of minor decisions that are like non-compliant with zoning. So a zoning bylaw might say, oh, you can't build within, um, or sorry, maybe a better one would be like, oh, you want to build a double car garage in your lot, but you're only allowed to have this much lot coverage on your property. So it's that way you keep enough green so it's consistent with the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to the committee of adjustment to ask for a variance of that rule. And so the committee of adjustment is essentially the, the deciding body that says, yes, we're going to allow you to build that double car garage or no, you're not allowed to because it's not consistent with what we're, where we're headed. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if you're more into the legislation piece, then that's probably where you should be <laughs> dedicating your time. The committee of adjustments is a great one. Um, we had, I think we have a beautiful, there's a lot of committees that kind of went on hiatus during COVID. So uh, I know we're currently going to be reviewing our terms of reference which will indicate what exactly each committee's mandate is from council. 
And then with the new election, we're going to be actively recruiting volunteers for those committees. So there's there's lots of opportunity there. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any, I mean, yeah, I think the volunteer piece with the, the committee structure is probably the best way to get involved. But any, like just reach out, like if there's something specifically that interests uh, residents, um, they can always reach out and see whether or not there's something that's more specific that we can get them to help with. I mean, there's a lot of people that have dedicated their time. Um, they've got expertise and knowledge in something and they've, they've been, you know, great to bounce ideas off of even. I know I've, I've reached out to business owners as well that aren't getting paid to give me that advice. So um, yeah, surely if you have something that you can offer the municipality, you want to make it accessible to us, we'll take advantage. No problem there. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to to share about what you do or, or you know, anything like that? Anything you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> no, not not really. Just I guess more or less just to that we're, we're we're going in the right direction, in my opinion. We're headed in a, a in a space where we're going to see um, great things happen in Calendar. You have a council that is. Uh, very supportive of the initiatives and the plans that we we currently have. So um, again, you have a great team. So I, I would I would suggest talking to the councillors probably and getting a better idea of you know what each individual councillor's visions are for the municipality, especially with the election fast approaching and mm-hmm. starting to consume a lot more of our time here as staff as well. Um, it, they're the ones that are going to be the forefront of where calendar heads, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing and understanding um, each individual's um, personal interests is handy um, when, if you're looking at what you want calendar to look like. So trying to vote for people that are aligned with what you're wanting to see, right? So right. you're essentially the decision makers. So I don't care. It doesn't matter what I bring to the table. <laughs> I could have whatever vision I want, but push comes to shove, council makes that decision and we abide by those rules and regulations and we mm-hmm. support them. It's, it's, it's their municipality, not staffs. Um, so yeah, they're, they, I think that's something that many, maybe people don't quite comprehend is how to staff play in this role with council. Mm-hmm. And, um, I could say no and they can completely veto me 100%. So right. <laughs> <laughs> say yes, and they can veto me. So it's, um, yeah, it's, um, I, I find the municipal world's very collaborative and very um, team oriented. And if you don't have a good team, you don't have that collaboration and that ability to effectively communicate and voice where we're headed, then mm-hmm. you're going to probably run into some trouble. But yeah, great. You have a great team. Like I think for calendar residents, you should be very proud of the people you have elected and mm-hmm. we're all headed in a very good direction in my opinion. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. Ah, we're doing good. Awesome. Yeah. And your and, and the staff are open. They really are. They're they're they they work very hard. So mm-hmm. yeah. They, they don't they don't get the kudos they they deserve sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you know, an email, an email every once in a while to say, hey, hey team, good job, you know. Yeah, those go a long way. They typically get shared throughout the entire corporation. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yes. Yeah. So if, if someone's, you know, happy with something that's gone on, they can brighten someone's send day. Us a they message. Send it on yeah, in. they brighten the day and they make us keep going and they make us work harder. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain a little bit and, and sharing yeah, no all of this, um, you know, sort of behind the scenes world that we don't know as much about. Yeah, I'm always here to answer any more questions. Like I said, um, 
I would I would suggest trying to chat with uh, with the mayor um, just about his vision and his uh, his thoughts on how things are going to. It'd probably be a really good session as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, or like if there's questions or concerns or someone not quite understanding how that process works or they're trying to complete a process and they just have no idea where to start. All of the staff here are capable of helping with that. So mm -hmm. if they don't know, they will point you in the right direction and we will get someone to answer that question. Right. Don't hesitate to call. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Ashley. I hope you could tell how enthusiastic she was about her love of calendar and all she sees the town accomplishing in the future. Her excitement was so fun to watch, I'm sorry that this is a podcast. If you would like to learn more about getting involved with the municipality, check out mycalendar.ca or reach out by phone or email. Stay tuned for more conversations with the interesting people of Calendar. If there's someone you think we should speak to, let us know. Thanks for listening.